Hour two of the show here on your Tuesday. Matt and Patrick here on a Mardi Gras day. I hope you're having a good one out there. Usually, last hour we mentioned that Brett is on vacation. Usually, he records an interview with Patrick Cooligan at the Minnesota Reformer on Tuesdays when we air that. Unfortunately, Brett is off enjoying some time off and, and good for him. So it falls onto me, and this is going to be a treat here because joining me right now is Michelle Griffith. She is a writer over at the Minnesota Reformer, and she's covering the Capitol in St. Paul. She's kind enough today to talk about the beginning of session today and some of the stories she's been writing. Uh, Michelle, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Yes, thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. Uh, so first of all, I mean, it's in, you know, I'll do Son of the Cross. It's Ash Wednesday tomorrow. I'll do Son of the Cross for you because I know you're, you're a political reporter and this is just beginning. Uh, it, it's, it, but it's not going to be as long. I mean, this off, uh, this uh, kind of, I shouldn't say off year, it's, uh, you know, it's election year, but it's this, this second year of the legislative term. The session generally doesn't go as long as the, the, the first year of a term, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, and this year they don't have to pass a budget and an off year is usually time for an infrastructure package and any policy bills that they want to do. And actually, uh, speaker Melissa Hortman yesterday said that, you know, when she looks back at 20, at the 2024 session, she wants it to be described as short. So (laughs) it seems like, uh, she wants to get things wrapped up and completed as soon as possible. You have in, in the agendas I see getting played out here. Uh, on one side, I think I, I, I see kind of the, the, the DFL coming in there and saying, you know, basically don't create any traps for yourself with the election year coming up here. You did a lot last year. Clean up some of these bills. Look at that infrastructure, the bonding bill. See if you can get that passed and, and try to prevent you know, any major gaffes from happening. Is that a fair way to, to say how the DFL seems to be approaching this session? Yeah, I think that's a fair way to look at things. Um, I do think, though, that they will look at some policy uh, choices that they've been trying to get passed for years. So, um, you know, you have the sanctuary state issue. Um, it looks like that may be losing support now. Um, I, a couple senators have said that they will not support the proposal, but, um, yeah, it is, it is one where Republicans are, are going to remind the Democrats that, you know, we are, the house is up for reelection and we will hold hold you to account to what you guys do today. Um, and yeah, it just seems that, um, you know, everyone is going to look at things through the November lens. Well, and and we'll start with you know. Let's talk a little bit more about that issue. It it, I think that that issue is uh, it, that, that's a, a bit of a trap for the Democrats. And I'll say it like this: is that the Republicans have already written up the ad campaigns against that. I mean, there, as a matter of fact, you had the head of the Republican Minnesota Republican Party already talking about look what they're trying to do. I think that if you don't have the votes, I mean, if it's not a surefire way to do it, for you to bring it up and argue it and debate it and really push it, all you're doing is giving ammunition to your political opponents who are definitely trying to take back the House this next uh, session. And so far, I'm not saying that the DFL has done a good job, a great job, rather, of, of kind of keeping these issues at bay, but there's a lot of issues the Republicans have tried to make hay out of that some would have fallen by the wayside. And the, the fact that they're dealing with the SRO issue, the DFL is dealing with the SRO issue to try to get that off the table very quickly. It doesn't give a lot of things for the Republicans to use as political fodder. So when you look at the, the sanctuary state bill, 
is you know is that do you think there's a substantial i mean is it close in your mind have you heard word if it's a if it's close to passing or is it really still missing enough votes in the house and the senate um well dina winter here at the reformer reported yesterday that you know it appears the sanctuary state bill is dead on arrival um you know uh speaker hortman yesterday at a press conference after the floor session said that she doesn't believe there are the votes this year for the sanctuary state bill and it she just doesn't believe it's going to move forward in the house or the senate um so it is it is one of those um bills that you know maybe doesn't have a long long yeah. lifeline this year the sro bill i mean it's that that, that one seems to be on light speed i mean <laughs> the you know the dfl yeah, wants to yeah. get that one out of the way quick uh, i think it's already been introduced hasn't it uh, the, the the fixes that they want to do have already been fixed uh, introduced yeah, yep, mm-hmm. they've, it's already been introduced. It's going through its second committee hearing today, and then tomorrow it'll be in ways, ways and Means, which is usually the last committee stop before it goes to the floor. So, I mean, um, the House could be voting on it as soon as this week, and um, yesterday Governor Walls said that he expects the SRO fix to be one of the first bills on his desk uh, ready to sign. So, um, it looks like lawmakers are wanting to move quickly on that. Are there any other bills that uh, the DFL are looking at light speeding through and trying to get those done earlier than later? Yeah, there is a uh, tax fix. So last year in their um, tax bill, there was uh, oversight that if they don't fix it over two years could cost Minnesota taxpayers $352 million. So they, they're just trying to, to get that done as soon as possible. Um, that's already had a, uh, a couple hearings as well. And, um, you know, that's, that's one where, um, you know, that's, that's one where de- it seems Democrats are trying to get that through quickly so it doesn't become a, an election issue as well. The, the the bonding bill, um, well, that's the big beast. <laughs> yes, uh, that's yes. the big beast. You do need to have in both the House and the Senate Republican votes along with it. It generally in the minority party creates some level of friction because, you know, the, you know, the majority party has a tendency of looking, you know, kind of hand selecting a, a few senators or House reps that they know that need something, making sure that's in the bill and making it much tougher for that Republican to vote against it. Uh, you know, what is the, the sense that you have right now hearing from the Republicans and the Democrats? Do you feel as if there's going to get one passed or, you know, I, 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 well, I'll bring up um, in 2022, the Republicans walked away from a deal and desperately wish that they could get that one back. I, I don't know if they've learned that lesson. Do you take the deal that's on the table if you can get a deal now because there's no guarantee you're going to have the House come after November? Yeah, so both sides have, have said that uh, bonding bill is a priority for them this year. You know, they want funding for critical, critical you know, works like water, um, roads, bridges, uh, nuts and bolts. And I talked to uh, minority House, or I'm sorry, I talked to Senate Minority Leader um, Mark Johnson to, uh, last week, and he said that Republicans are ready to use the leverage that they have to influence the bonding bill. Um, so last year, they were the Republicans were successfully able to leverage their vote to get $300 million in nursing home funding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was something last year that they were advocating for all session. 
And, um, you know, in the final days, uh, Democrats finally folded and, you know, they were able to get the votes for the bonding bill. So Speaker, or I'm sorry, uh, John, Senator Johnson said that he is prepared to do the same this year. And um, this year he doesn't want to see any what he calls pet projects in the bonding bill. So last year, Republicans were not happy with the amount of uh, nonprofit funding that was in the bonding bill. And so um, Johnson, you know, said this year he does not want to see like funding to nonprofits or interest groups. He wants, you know, kind of the nuts and bolts of what is typically in a bonding bill. One thing, though, that is in a lot of the Republican districts that they need is is the water treatment issue. I mean, we have nitrates in the mm-hmm. waters that, you know, and just frankly, the water treatment facilities we have can't take the stuff out. We need to get these upgraded. In some places in, in red districts, they actually need to redrill wells for the city to get new water because the, the wells have gone being gone dry. Uh, you know, obviously, is is that? I mean, I think of all the issues that might be facing the Republicans; those might be the ones at the top of the list. Has there been any discussion on that? Have you heard? Um, I have not heard specifically about the um, you know water facilities, but I do know that um, Republicans in the bonding bill they they want an even distribution of projects. So they don't want just a cluster of projects being funded in the Twin Cities. They want they want funding for their districts, obviously. So. Um, they're going to try to advocate for a bill that evenly funds projects across the state and, you know, gets gets their constituents what they need and, um, you know, tries to do that in, in kind of a, a facilitated, you know, streamlined way. Okay, and I'm going to bring up the, the obvious here. It's not going to be a 50-50 bill, though. And, and, I, and no. that's generally the case. If they are basically of the mindset is that we have to have the same equal amount of money spent in our districts as your districts, I, I don't think the the Democrats, the DFL, wants to make it look like they have caved to the Republicans in an election year. I don't think it's going to get done. I mean, they, they do understand that they're going to have to, you know, the, the bulk of this is, goes with the majority in the same sense as when the Republicans have been in charge in a long while back, but they would get the majority of the pro- projects in their districts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it likely won't be 50-50, but, um, you know, it, it, we don't really know exactly yet. The You know, the governor has um, proposed his, his bonding package, and um, we haven't seen the legislatures yet. So mm-hmm. um, we don't have a good idea exactly of what projects they're looking at, but, um, you know, the Republicans say that they're ready to, you know, they, they, they basically left it open-ended in that we're, we're willing to, to use our bonding votes to leverage whatever issue will come up towards the end of the session. So, you know, Speaker Johnson was asked, oh, is it, is it you know, uh, I'm sorry, not Speaker Johnson, but <laughs> Minority yeah. Leader Johnson was asked, um, you know, uh, for the bonding bill leverage, is there an issue specifically that you're looking to gain favor on? And he just kind of left it open-ended and said, uh, we'll see how it goes, but um, you know, that's, that's something we will definitely use this year. Uh, did they mention anything? Did either the minority or the majority in the House or the Senate talk about Walls' proposals yet? Have, has there been any formal announcement on what they agree with, disagree with? No, not on the, <laughs> not on the bonding bill. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, usually it, they are pretty close to the governor's proposal. And the governor's proposal this year has very little cash in it. So a lot of the funding will be through borrowed bonds. Um, and last year there was, you know, a bonding bill funded with, uh, you know, general obligation bonds and a cash, all cash bill. So 
So it looks like this year it'll be a majority um, borrowing through obligation bonds bill. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it, uh, at RISA right now, we don't really know what, what they're looking at. Uh, joining us right now, once again, talking about the, the launch of the new session, Michelle Griffith from the Minnesota Reformer. You were there, uh, speaking of issues that sometimes can pop up, you were there on day one, uh, your article, ERA Mardi Gras and Apple Blondies, uh, that was, uh, it was day one at the session. You do get these issues, you know, these, these people who are very passionate show up and really push for an issue to be brought up. I know the ERA, Equal Rights Amendment, that's one that's been pushed for a long time. Uh, you know, do you feel as if there's anything that might be kind of a little bit out of left field, maybe that's you know could end up becoming an issue that is brought to the floor? Um, you know, the one thing that comes to mind is um, Representative Lee Finke yesterday introduced a bill to um, ban the sale and transfer transfers of automatic rifles such as um, AK-47s and AK-15s. And um, the Minnesota Gun Caucus has, you know, come out strongly against it. Um, and, you know, it appears like yesterday uh, Moms Demand Action was one of the groups who were at the Capitol, um, you know, advocating for this. So it seems like that one is one that could really get fi- people fired up and passionate. Um, I did ask Walls yesterday whether he would support an automatic rifle ban um and he said he would need to look at the language but um you know he doesn't obviously he doesn't want to see these military uh style rifles in schools um he even said he he doesn't want to see it in the capitol building um so um it's he he has advocated for you know smart um safe gun regulation so it's something that he could be looking at but he said he will uh, need to look at the language first you as well one other last story i want to bring up that you covered which was the the basically the governor and the house and senate leaders at the chamber of commerce event that they had Uh, i believe this is over in saint paul um and the you know it was it's interesting because you did get some they, they, they did get some answers there uh, on some of these issues. Sports betting passing this year. It seems like mm-hmm. that might go through. Although, correct me if I'm wrong. The last time it didn't go through because you know, basically the DFL wanted it to be in Native American casinos only, and the Republicans were insisting no, it has to be over at Canterbury and Running Aces as well. It, have you heard of any you know kind of uh, you know conversations that have happened on that level? Yeah, so um, Senator Jeremy Murph, uh, uh, Miller in the uh, Senate has proposed his own sports betting bill, and um, that bill would give exclusive licenses uh, to the 11 tribal nations in the state, um, but it also would provide some tax revenue um, from the bets that would go straight to the horse racing tracks. And that's something that's probably not going to... Um, you know, Pat, go through as the process gets going, um, just because, um, you know, DFL is very aligned with the Native American tribes and, uh, you know, funding for the horse racing tracks is not something that they are in favor of. Um, and we're told that uh, Senator Matt Klein is uh, proposing his own proposal for sports betting that also, you know, gives control to um, the tribal nations. 
Um, we don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but it seems like uh, both, like it's, they said they are working bipartisanly mm-hmm. to try to get something through just because it is something that a lot of Minnesotans do want. Um, you know, in my story yesterday, I wrote that um, majority of the leaders said that, you know, what are the odds of sports betting passing this year? It's about 50-50, but Speaker Hortman did say it's 60-40 in favor. Mm-hmm. So um, it seems like she has maybe bumped up her percentage because last week she said maybe 50-50 it would pass. So maybe she's seeing some hope on the horizon in terms of sports betting. But, um, no, it should be interesting to see how that how that furthers along as the session goes. For those hoping that from this chamber event, uh, those hoping that we'd become more like Wisconsin and have beer sales and convenience for grocery stores, all four of them very quickly said, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So that's that one's definitely no. off the table. Um, yeah. The um, then you have this uh, the point uh, when, when you look back at the 2024 session, how do you want it to be described? Uh, repairing the damage from last year. That's the minority leader Johnson bringing that up. The Senate major- minority leader. That doesn't sound like, I mean, it sounds like there's much more of angst there. Now, obviously, he is, there, there is a political aspect. You can't, you can't remove the political aspect of this. And they're looking at 2024, and they're looking at the election coming up here. And what they don't want is to appoint a quiet session because they want issues to be able to run on. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm seeing necessarily anything there. And we've talked about some of the things, I mean, the child tax credit, the the school lunch things. These are wildly popular bills. So say you're going to repair the damage from last year. I don't know. Obviously, you're going to cherry pick what you're going to do. But if the DFL is already addressing some of those mistakes, the tax issue and the uh, the, the SRO uh, issue, uh, you know, is do you think there's a lot that they're going to go back on? And, and be, I don't I don't sense at least I don't sense you're there every day. Do you sense that there's regret, enough regret from the DFL on any of those issues from last year that they might actually overturn one of them? No, I, I don't get that sense at the Capitol. Okay. Um, you know, DFL, DFL lawmakers are very proud of what they did last year. Um, you know, they did make a couple mistakes, which they said are going to be resolved very quickly here in the coming days. But, um, you know, I've, I've heard that they're planning just to build on what they started last year. So, um, you know, in terms of maybe keeping things more reserved with the election coming up, it doesn't appear that that's something the DFL wants to do. Um, it looks like they're going to continue with their pro- progressive priorities. And, um, you know, it doesn't, I don't see them re- relooking, um, relook, you know, looking at things they passed last year again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring up one thing, and this is, I mean, Carrie Dietzik uh, was the Senate majority leader. She had to step down because her cancer has returned. Um, the, I mean, you know, you know, all my best to her and her family, and Aaron Murphy has taken over as the new Senate majority leader. Um, obviously, with a one-vote majority in the Senate, um, you know, whether or not people think it's probably, we have to ask the question, is there a concern that Carrie will be able to fill, you know, get through the rest of this session? You know, um, uh, Senator Murphy was asked about that. You know, she wasn't there yesterday um, when on the first day of session. Um, her desk was empty. But, um, you know, Senator Murphy basically said that's a private issue and something she couldn't talk about. But the Senate does have remote voting, um, you know, practices in place. So if 
there were to be a you know, consequential vote on something, Senator Dietzik could vote remotely. She did that last year when she was getting a lot of her cancer treatments. So, you know, she she was voting from the hospital bed, I was told. So um, and, and I was also told that the doctors told her, like, please stop working. You know, she's <laughs> such a work, workhorse that, that yeah, she couldn't stop. So, um, you know, I, I think Dietzik is going to try her hardest to, to be there and show up for her caucus. But, um, you know, there, there are mechanisms in place that she can use to, to vote remotely. But, you know, it is, it is a concern, um, you know, that she might not be there, uh, you know, on the ground. Um, but, um, you know, obviously she, she, you know, did this last year. I mean, she was getting treatment and being the Senate majority leader. So, um, she, she has experience on this and I think her caucus is, is supporting her and, um, they're going to do what they can to make sure that um, she's representing her folks the best that she can and is doing the work. And, and I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad it's not like the federal government where they wheeled the one guy in with a hospital gurney on, the hospital clothes on, uh, to, to, in a wheelchair to, to, to make the vote. Mm-hmm. It's good that we do have some options there. All right. Uh, Michelle. I, all my best. You are, I mean, if you know, I know you. I know many of the other people that do the, the cover the Minnesota legislature. I know the next few weeks, next few months are going to be really busy. I can't tell you how much I really appreciate the time. I appreciate as well the great stories and the Minnesota reform, and I want to drive everyone to go get your Minnesota legislature uh, coverage over at the Minnesota Reformer. They got Dina and yourself over there covering it, and yeah, I don't think you could ask for better coverage, frankly. So I, I thank you very much. I really appreciate the time today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been great.